Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by my fellow consultant, Fiona Hogarth. Hey, Fiona. Hey, Dom. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. Becoming a regular (laughs) on the podcast, maybe. Let's see. Hey, I wanted to talk to you today about a model that we often, or a framework, I suppose, that we often talk about, particularly in accreditation, but it's a good reminder for people, and I'd be interested to hear your take on how you use this and, mm. and what it really means. And that's something we call the triple A model or awareness acceptance action, typically in connection with the LSI, mm-hmm. but I'd be interested to hear if you use it elsewhere too. So I guess what would be useful is just to set up for us, Fiona, what is the awareness acceptance action model? Like, What does it mean? Mm. Those cool. different steps. That's great. Okay. So awareness acceptance action. I use it a couple of ways, but first piece, because when we think about LSI, it's about self-development. It's a self-development tool. And for any self-development, we've got to have some awareness. And so that's the first stage. And if I look at it in terms of how we structure our approach to debriefing an LSI, but it's about, okay, what do I know about myself? What are other people saying? Where is that alignment? Where is that? Where are the differences? So uh-huh. it really is unpacking the results is the awareness piece in my mind. And that's what we do in the initial debrief. It's not about solving the problems. It's really about helping people understand themselves. Okay. And so why not? Why not go further? Oh, because there is an element of moving to acceptance. And I'm just going to go to a little segue, which is another favorite of DB's, our um, David Byram, the felt need to act. So as uh-huh. adults, we won't do anything until we actually have that felt need to act. So I can tell you a million times, Dom, that you're overweight and you need to, uh-huh. you know, exercise, which you're not, but, you know, just imagine. <laughs> and you can go, yeah, 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 I know all of that, and I'm not ready to do anything about that. Yep. You know, or giving up smoking. I know I have to give up smoking. There's heaps of advertising on television, research for Africa that tells me all that sort of stuff. Do I want to do it? No, I'm not ready yet. Uh-huh. And then one day it turns up. So that felt need to act. So uh-huh. that's when we come to the acceptance moving to action. So I know this about myself. Am I ready to do anything? So that's that, you know, so an acceptance is, okay, yep, I know that I might, you know, that I've got this aggressive defensive thinking, that I've got this perfectionistic thinking. It doesn't help me. Yep, tick, get that. That's acceptance. Do I want to do anything about it? Not just yet. Or yes, I do. Has it cost me is when we move to the action. So that awareness, acceptance, action piece, you know, those sorts of things. And sometimes people what can happen is they get the awareness and then they just want to move to action. Uh-huh. Can often So be, what, what's the yeah. problem with that? Well, you just, you know, why are you doing it? Because it can just be that reactive and it may play to their profile. And if I think about sometimes when doing debriefs, often individuals with highly task-oriented profiles will go, yeah, yeah, I get that. Now what do I need to do to fix it? Yeah. Without really fully under- understanding what the consequence of that thinking or behavioural style might be. So. Not to say we're going to say, oh, don't do anything just yet, but it's a bit more about what's the full understanding of why it's important for you to change it, you know, that real solid acceptance of, okay, yeah, okay, this might, and acceptance piece might take five minutes or it might take five years before you move to action, but just that cognitive piece about, okay, yeah, why am I doing it? How is it? So you can really get into that sense of 
right, oh, okay, yeah, I get this, yeah, and I need to change because or this will add value in the, and this is what I want to change too. Yeah. So is it kind of, I'm just thinking in my head, Fiona, that kind of moving to action without acceptance, does it not have the legs yeah. to it? Because in your example of the, you know, I know I need to lose weight, but it hasn't really hit home. Why? Why does it matter yeah. to me? Why is it important mm, to mm, me? Mm. That hasn't really landed yet. I just kind of cognitively know that I am supposed to do this. Yeah, and because everyone says so. And so when the going gets tough or when, you know, the rubber hits the road or the foot hits the treadmill or whatever yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. is there the same commitment, I yes, suppose? Yes, and I think that's probably the, that's the difference is probably for sustainable change is, yeah, okay, I get why I need to be doing this and that will make it more sustainable rather than, oh, okay, I did a debrief, that's not serving me well, beauty, I'll go and do it. And I might do it for a while and then the wheels fall off or that situation I get triggered and or I tried that once and it didn't work so therefore I'll just give up. Whereas that full acceptance can help to much more sustainable action. So what does that look like from a practical kind of point of view? You know, so like what does that mean for how you go about the debrief or? Yeah, so for me part of in that initial debrief is really just see how does it show up? What do you think, you know, from an LSI one, what's driving that for you and helping people really understand that, you know, their own thinking? And the LSI two, what might people be seeing? So what might hearing or saying? So what's going on? And really spending some time just for people to think, reflect and go, oh, okay, yeah, it's this. And then in the second session, the follow-up is a bit about, oh, okay, what insights have you had about yourself? And that could be through reading more in the self-development guide or in the cards or by going and asking people. And, you know, how does this help? How does it hinder? What do you want to do? You know, where's the, and exploring a bit of that cost and consequence sort of stuff to really help them go, oh, yeah, I get it. Or this is how it's playing out in my team. Or, you know, I just think of a session that I did, you know, recently and they went, yeah, well, I haven't, I know that in the team we, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about things and we don't actually ever move to action. And I went, uh, where does that show up in your profile? Oh, that's all highly people-oriented, low on stuff. achievement. Oh, so if I focus a bit more on the achievement, so if you get them to think about it, they can often come up with the story themselves in that sort of second piece to help them define that. And I think that's reflected in how we often – Go about mm. doing debriefs. So mm. you, you touched on it there. We do a cup, at least a couple of catch ups. Mm. Mm. Right. I think you want at least two catch ups yep. with people. You know, obviously, if you ask me as a consultant, I'd ask for as many as I can yeah. get. But but at least two. Yep. I reckon because that first one is purely about exploring the results. Yep. Right. Awareness. Mm. What shows up? Mm. You know, in the results. How does that show up in your own thinking? How does that show up in your behaviour? You know, whatever it is. Yep. And just exploring it, being curious, but we're not moving to solve, you know, have the 10-point checklist of uh, actions at that point. And then, you know, from a design point of view, what you also kind of mentioned is uh, I often set people a bit of homework. Yeah, yep. In between, so that might be, you know, read read a chapter or two out of the self-development guide, do the cards, the LSI1 cards if you have those. It might even just be like be aware. Yeah. Take notes, you know, like. So if it's, particularly if it's a behavioural thing or a thinking thing, you know, try and clock when those thoughts or behaviours show up. Yes. You know, because sometimes it's really, it's particularly if people are like, I don't understand that. Like, why do people see me as 
X. Mm. I don't get it. You know, it's it's sending them away. It's a bit of like an investigator, right? So yeah. over the next two weeks or three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, until we next catch up, just be mindful. You know, mm. just you know, look for you know how might that have landed mm. for people that they perceive it in a you know oppositional way. Mm. I mean, actually, my intention was to be helpful, but people are telling me I'm oppositional. So you know, try and pay attention to why why might they be getting that impression. Yep. You know, because that's sometimes where the, I've got the awareness, people see me like that, but I actually don't accept it. Yep. I don't get why they see yes. it that way. And so sometimes, you know, just being aware and observing can help. Like, oh, okay. I get it now. Like why they see that. That's totally not what I'm shooting for yep. at all, but I can kind of see why they might perceive it that way. Mm. Could be. Yep. And the other piece just on that awareness, which you talk about, is that when we get that data and why that second session is really useful is because you get it. And in the moment, you're getting all this data and it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) The trigger, what happens is subconsciously your triggers go up and it may not be in that, you know, two hours that we're debriefing, why do you think this way or where does this come from? I've got no idea. But two weeks later, because your subconscious has been triggered, like, oh, my goodness that's, oh, right, yeah, I learned that. So, so that's why those follow-ups, and that can help to the acceptance because in the moment, you know, and often individuals have not done much self-awareness work and those sorts of things, mm. and they come in, they've never really stopped to think about yeah. why they are and how they are. So to your program design perspective, that second session is really important to help unpack some of that or even, you know, so I will often say at the end of a, the initial debrief, don't do anything. Just let it sort of wash over you because you've just got a bucket load of stuff that you may never have thought about before or wondered about. And over the next couple of weeks, you'll notice things about yourself you possibly not that you've never really paid any attention to before. Yeah. And all those sorts of things can help with the acceptance. So sometimes in that second debrief, I might start off with, well, what have you noticed about yourself in the past couple of weeks? Ah. Yeah, good question. Good opening question. Yeah, and they go, oh, well, I noticed this or what's happened for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've just, I mightn't be doing anything differently, but my eyes are open or I'm conscious, more conscious of what I say and how I say, which is the LSI2 piece. Is that, yeah, as you said, my intention is to be helpful and supportive and encouraging, but the way I say, pitch it or ask that question can be to land others land mm. very differently. And I've never really noticed that about myself before. Mm. Or just looking at people's body language when I speak, which I've never paid attention to before, Mm. those sorts of things. And that's why, you know, and all of those little things help people move to acceptance. Mm. And then what about from there to action? Yeah. Yeah. So what does that jump look like? (laughs) Well, (laughs) classic, it depends. Uh, So for, (laughs) for some, you know, they get it and they want to change, you know, so what's how will it help me to change? What's the impact of this having? And that's where the LSI2 can be really beneficial in terms of, you know, if there's a difference for the others, mm-hmm. well, I need to, you know, if I perceive myself, you know, if I see myself as quite constructive and others are seeing me as defensive, there's a pretty big driver there to go, oh my goodness, something's getting lost in translation and mm-hmm. I want to be better versus, okay, if I, others are seeing me as constructive and I'm seeing myself as defensive, sometimes it can be about, oof, beauty, it's working, tick. I can do constructive really well, but there's a cost to you. So part of that's about, which is where's the cost, and I've lost absolutely the track of the question. But that moving to action is one or two things. Like what do you want to, what's the one or two behaviors that you'd really, that really resonate for you in terms of all this stuff in the constructive and, you know, if all of my constructives are low, well, what's one or two things that I want to be better at? 
or tying it even to some of the challenges that an individual might have at work. So you mentioned earlier that one of the challenges that you have is getting your team on board around projects or that you seem to be doing all the work and everybody else just lets you. Now I've got all this perfectionistic stuff. Hmm. How might that? So tying what I often find useful is tying whatever the action or the style I want to build to a work situation can often make it a bit easier for people to move to action rather than thinking about the bigger greater stuff but that's yeah. also reflective of me because I'm a bit more task oriented but yeah. yeah yeah well I think you know back to DB statement you know I felt need to act I think that's the same with actions people mm. actually have to own their own mm. actions so mm. as much as you want to give them the answer you know mm. do this do that you want them to generate that action as yep. much as possible for themselves because then it's their action not Fiona's action not yep. Dominic's action yeah can be frustrating because sometimes they're like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I might then, you know, I'm not saying to never give advice. I might put some ideas out there mm. or something. There's ideas in the self-development guide and stuff, yep. Yep. you know, that are thought starters. But when you get to those actions, as much as possible, you want to make it as concrete as possible. Because I think sometimes people are like, well, I just want to grow humanistic encouraging. Yeah, what does that look like? Cool. What does that look like? Yeah. What are you going to do? When are you going to yeah. do it? How will you know? Yeah, that and that's it? what comes back to the acceptance piece because you've got to understand it. Yeah. So I want to grow humanistic encouraging. Oh, that's great. Well, what is which bit of the humanistic encourage? Do you want to be a better coach? Do you want to ask better questions? How do you want to be more supportive? How do you actually develop that absolute appreciation for the growth and development of others? I don't know. So really digging, which comes to that acceptance, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm, like, I'm a big believer in for act. Actions be taken, they have to be as concrete as possible. Yes. Because the more kind of just vague they are, the less likely they are to happen. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's trying to get down to when are you going to do it kind yeah. of level. And it can be kind of annoying, I think. Like yeah. people feel, get kind of annoyed with me because I'll like start drilling in. But you know what? I reckon they it leads to them actually taking the action more well, times than yeah. not. Yeah. And I reflect on when I worked in organizations and was doing this sort of stuff and it was almost like, shit, here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to ask me. I'm going to start coaching someone. <laughs> here she comes. She's going to ask me about that, you know, and, but that, and that is the beauty of the follow-up stuff. So even whether you're internal or external practitioner, because there is a bit in terms of holding people accountable, you know, that's the support or how do we support people. Yeah. And so sometimes it can be a bit about reminding them that, oh, how are you going with that? You know, where are you at? Can just keep it on people's radars. Yeah. So the more you can do it, the more support and stuff you can do, which is about the model of that awareness acceptance action. And and we also know, you know, if I reflect on our clients and organizations that roll out LSI and those sorts of things, where there is more, um, you know, there is the debrief and at least one follow-up, ideally two, sometimes more there is definitely greater uptake, yeah. greater movement to action. I think about some teams that I've worked with where we've done six coaching sessions over about eight months and get to the end of it and their insights and their awareness and their ability to take action are far greater because for these, and this was an executive team, you know, there were sort of two sessions in before they fully grasped how the behaviours were showing up for them or how it was impacting mm. their thinking, not all of them, but for some, and it's like, Oh, right. You know, and so, yeah, they finally got it and that willingness. So that's the other piece. So from a program design perspective, just, you know, it's not, well, here's your data, off you go. It is about how do you make sure that you build that in as part of your capacity. And look, you know, I'm a realist as well as far as I know in the real world, 
we can't always get <laughs> everything we want. Yeah. You know, and one-on-one catch-ups can be time-intensive or expensive and all Ooh. that kind of stuff. So if that's the case, you know, what can you do? Yes. Could so you do a workshop version or something? Absolutely. And yeah. I think about some of the clients that I work with who've got internal practitioners, and so they've set up peer-to-peer coaching circles. Right. So that the six or ten people or whatever who've all gone through it, they all get together every six weeks or something. I've You know, it's curated through the organisation. The internal practitioner poses three questions or something, and then they leverage that and talk about it from their own perspective. So that's been really successful in terms of helping people acceptance to action, which has been, you know, coordinated internally in the organization. And I guess the other interesting part on this for me, Fiona, is kind of knowing where people are yeah. actually in that journey. Because sometimes, although we're up to actions, they're not actually up to actions. Correct. Yeah. You know, like it still hasn't really landed yeah. and sunk in for them yet. Yeah. So there's almost no point trying to move to action if it really hasn't resonated mm. for them. Mm. They won't take the action anyway. No. So maybe we've got to revisit that conversation. Mm. You know, re-explore how does it show up? What does it? What difference would it make for you? For you, all those kinds of questions. Yeah. You know, it's so kind of, I guess, just like a gut check for yourself. Mm. Like where are people? Yeah. In the model yeah. themselves, and sometimes people don't. You know, they quite get to acceptance and too busy, got other things, it's not important enough for me right now to take the action to do stuff, you know? Well, when you've had your third heart attack, come and see me. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen once as well where, like, I've had a, had a debrief side, a conversation, and then they're like, their insights, and it's like, how'd you reach, how'd you reach that? That's, yeah. That's not, wasn't what we saw at all. Yeah. You know, which is a bit of an indication, okay, maybe mm. we kind of look at it. Or it's like part of the story. Yeah. So they have, they've only kind of partially accepted mm. it. Yeah. Uh, and then curious. part of that's about leveraging, okay, what else might be going on, those sorts of things, and mm. just something as we're talking about that, and it's a bit of a backtrack, I guess, to earlier in the conversation, but it's something that I just wanted to flag from a, for people as part of that debriefing stuff, that for individuals, and sometimes see it in, once again, through accreditation, if in practitioners and they've done a lot of coaching, you know, their core part of their business is coaching, uh-huh. individual coaching, and they come to do debrief is just being cautious not to coach in awareness. Uh-huh. So sometimes in the debrief, they'll ask coaching questions rather than actually understanding questions. So uh-huh. just a cautionary tale. So oh, what do you think you could do about that? Well, I don't actually know because I don't actually know what it means yet. So if just as a a flag for any listeners who might do a lot of individual coaching and are starting to use the LSI as a diagnostic to support with that, which is fantastic and absolutely what it's designed for, is in the initial debrief, as best you can, hold yourself back from asking the coaching questions, which are great for acceptance to action, versus what's the exploratory question and the understanding Uh questions. So it's probably just a, yeah, a call out. Yeah, cool. Hey, uh, just also think, because we're talking about an LSI lens, but yep. does it ever apply just more generally? Do you use it? Yeah, I sometimes use it when I work with organizational culture. Yeah. In the sense that here's your results. And, you know, if you've done OCI and OEI, there's a lot of data in there. Yeah. And so, you know, in a debrief, we're giving you some awareness of this is the story. This is what the data tells us. And then the acceptance bit for me, and that is how does it play out here, which is not something that uh, for us at HS, we always get the opportunity to do the deeper dive in the organization. Sometimes we do. Is, you know, okay, so how does this show up? So how does this conventional show up in the uh-huh. organization? 
oh, well, we do this, you know, we do that. So helping people understand how those expectations and norms and behaviours show up in the organisation or even the causal factors. What is it about, you know, fairness of appraisals in terms of, well, actually, I like you so you can do higher duties or you've uh-huh. been here the longer. So you, how does that, so what does it look like? So it's really about how does it show up? And then, oh, okay, so that's the awareness, that's the acceptance. Oh, okay, how does this help us? And then you can start moving to action. So, and it doesn't have to be a long process, but it's just about reminding people, oh, okay, well, how does it show up for us? What can we do about it? And what do we want to be different? And I think that's probably the piece from a culture lens is, you know, all of this data is telling us something. And it's not that to mean that the business isn't working, because it is. Uh. It's how does it impact our effectiveness? And what do we need to do differently? So same construct, just a bigger lens and also that cautionary bit about not rushing to, oh, well, we got the results yesterday and now we'll send out the comms plan and the action plan next week. Take a bit of time to actually, what does this mean? And it's not about, you know, it depends on the culture of your organisation. In some passive defensive organisations that gives them, oh, we'll take a year to do this. (laughs) Um, Too long, too long. yeah, Yeah, but it's more about, yeah, what is real here? What's feasible? Just that, okay, what's our next steps? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I agree, you know, just like the LSI, there's a reason it has to be debriefed. Yes. Right? We don't just hand a report to people. And I think the same is true with culture, though. We, it's mm. not as explicit, I suppose. Mm. But like in the LSI, it's taking the data, but then applying it. Yeah. You know, what does this mean for me? Yeah. How does this show up for mm. me? Mm. Same thing in culture. This is the data, but how does it actually play out for us? Mm. You know, how does it show up? Which is the uh, acceptance bit, right? Okay, that's what the data says, but how do we experience that? What does that mean for us as an organization? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, and what does it look like? And even if I think about, you know, an action, and sometimes happens in um, when we go back to, when I've gone back to organizations which have done a retest, and I go, you know, what's, and they've gone, oh, we've been building the blue. Great. Okay. So what does that mean? And I often get silence. So if you're building the blue, what does that look like? Oh, I don't really know. Because, you know, so how do you articulate it, which then speaks to that? Oh, well, what? And in an organization, well, it means that we hold team meetings or that we celebrate success or that we focus on this or that. So they're able to articulate it, which gives me an indication that the actions that they're doing actually make sense rather than we're building the blue, but nobody actually knows what it means. So therefore, we're not actually building the blue because we don't know what it means. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably a whole nother topic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but around threading that needle from yeah. causal factors to culture to outcomes. Yeah. Right? So how does it all actually connect? Yeah. Yeah. So this is doing a whole lot of activity because yes. the report kind of said so. Yeah, agree. Probably another. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. There we go. Half hour or more. Maybe on its own. <laughs> but yeah, that awareness acceptance action, I use it from time, not always, but just as a, and often not so much for the broader organisation, but for whoever the key people are that I've been dealing with in the organisation, be they accredited or not, that have got the lead of rolling out some of the culture stuff is just remember, I've just given you awareness. What does it look like to help people understand and then take your action? Yeah. 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 So have a bit of that homework. Yeah. Check in with people again if you can. Yeah. Right. So at least two, if not more. Yeah. Ideally to move there yeah and everyone does it at their own pace is probably the other piece which you mentioned earlier you know some people will get it because it's the time is right for them they've just got a massive aha and gone you know like some people absolutely get the kool-aid in that moment 
and other people it's like yeah and how you know like yeah yeah pretty crazy hasn't bothered me up till now yeah why do i need them yeah yeah so that's the other piece that would be my other piece is not everyone does it in the same time frame or reacts or responds in the same way behavior great great insight all right feed thanks so much for coming in on this one and helping us understand the AAA awareness acceptance action model great thanks tom Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.